0: thank you lord so arise to your rest and be blessed by our praise hallelujah hallelujah he inhabits the praises of his people he is at home in the praises of his people Hallelujah. Father, we thank you and we give you praise for receiving the praise of your people. Believing that when we praise you, that all the promises are possible and all the things that you've prepared for us, we can receive. We thank you, God, for our healing, physically, Spiritually, God, we ask that you would touch these bodies, make them whole, complete, and lacking nothing. We bind every germ, every virus, everything that would afflict this body. God, we speak to the pain now, and we ask now that you would cause it to cease and desist. God, we thank you for ordering our minds aright so that we can hear and receive your word we thank you for it. we thank you because you are jehovah jireh you've already seen what our needs are and you've made provision for them. so god we receive that right now in the name of jesus now god give us eyes to see so that we might understand now god even as we enter into your word we ask that you would speak to the hearts and minds of your people That their lives would be changed, transformed, and never be the same again. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Father. Praise Him. If you have your Bibles this morning, we are exactly where we were last week this time. Amen. Hopefully, I won't say that next week. And if I'm at the same place, I just won't say that. <laughs> Luke chapter 10, Luke chapter 10, verse 38. The Bible says, Now it happened as they went that he entered a certain village, and a certain woman named Martha welcomed him into her house, and she had a sister called Mary, who also sat at the feet of Jesus and heard his word. But Martha was distracted with much serving, and she approached him and said, "Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me to serve alone? Therefore, tell her to help me." And Jesus answered and said to her, "Martha, Martha, you are worried." and trouble about many things. But one thing is needed, and Mary has chosen that good part, which will not be taken away from her. So we're still talking about kingdom priorities. This is the third installment of kingdom priorities. Amen? You can be seated. Now to kind of quickly bring us up to speed. I told you in the last couple of weeks that this story, of course, was about uh, Jesus visiting what he calls in John chapter 11, his good friends. Lazarus, the Bible says, was a disciple that he loved. Uh, Mary and Martha were his siblings. So in this situation where he's going to a familiar place with familiar people. We talked to you a little bit about hospitality what happens when you come to someone's home for a visit. And uh, we told you that that is one of the the most important attributes of a good Christian, that you make provision for the the person who is coming to your home and that you make sure that the provision is worthy of the guests, not what you particularly want. Amen. We also told you that it's a story about serving. And in the situation here, we find that uh, the two sisters were serving uh, in tandem, but it looks like Mary had finished what she was doing and was sitting listening to Jesus, but Martha was still busy in the kitchen. So we see that there was some conflict there, which often occurs when you're serving. Amen? Amen? Okay, all right. If you're serving, listen, if you're serving, Uh, Sometimes the conflict is inherent to serving because you're giving people what they don't want. Oh, that's. mm. It's like me giving you this message this morning. I am giving you information that you wish you didn't have to hear. Amen? So we said that Martha then uh, became a little bit indignant. And she was mad with Mary because she was not doing what she was supposed to do. And she was indignant with Jesus because he didn't make her do what she wanted her to do. I know that you've never had that situation where uh, somebody is not doing what you think they should do. And you got upset about it. I know. But that's some, some other folk do that. But we also know a couple of things. And I want to pick this up uh, uh, so I can make sure I finish it today. We find that, uh, I told you last week, that that we always have to take responsibility uh, uh, for what we're doing seriously. In other words, if I'm called to serve in a certain function or I'm in a certain situation, I can't take it lightly. Whatever my assignment is, whatever my assignment is, that is serving God. Ah, okay. Listen, listen, listen we always tend to trivialize things that we don't think are important. But if God has called you to serve in any capacity, that is important. So if he's called you to to stand in the corner and just look, that's important. And that becomes the kind of service that we should take very seriously. Amen? Amen. Now, I also told you this you should take your service seriously, but you shouldn't take yourself too seriously. Amen? And that's because uh, we tend to mess up the way that we serve or we ruin service uh, when we overestimate our importance. Uh, Sometimes you need to get out the way and let God do his thing. Amen? Uh, We always have a set way that we believe it ought to go, and because we think it ought to go a certain way, Uh, We think that's the only way it can work. Amen? Amen. So, now, one thing we know about Martha, Martha was a spiritual person. We can't say that she was uh, uh, some uh, rogue Christian because we notice in John chapter 11 and verse 27, the Bible attributes this one of the greatest confessions of faith to, to Martha. Here's what it says. It says, she said, this is what she said to Jesus. Yes, Lord, I believe that you are the Christ, the Son of God, who has come into the world. Not many people can say that if they have not had a born-again experience. Oh, wait. There are many, many people who can't say that today. I believe that you are the Son of God who is coming into the world. Amen. Amen. So we know that she was a spiritual person, but the Bible says that she also was indignant uh, about what she thought was the slight of duty by her sister. Now, I want you to understand that uh, when we are serving, sometimes we feel like we get the shorter end of the stick. In other words, I'm required to do more than you. And that doesn't seem right. Does not seem fair. Amen? If you're required to carry a 50-pound load, uh, and I'm only required uh, to carry 10, then you're gonna get a little bit upset with me. Amen. And some of us feel that way. We feel that uh, our service uh, should be, what I'm doing should be just as important as what you're doing, or vice versa. The problem is, of course, is that when I look at what you're doing, and try to compete with what you're doing, it adds stress to my life, and it inhibits my service. I can't do what I'm supposed to do for being upset about what... which has nothing to do with me. So, I don't... So you have to set aside sometimes what's less important for what's more important. And this is what the, the whole message here is. There is no such thing as one thing being more important than the other, but there is a certain service that we render that uh, changes our perspective or changes our priorities. So you have to be able to make right choices. But right choices is the result of who you are as a person. Uh, A person, the Bible says that if if a tree is bad, it can't bear good fruit. Now, even though Mary had a little attitude with, uh, 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 Martha had a little attitude with Mary, the one thing that she did is that she stuck to her guns. I'm talking about Mary. She said, hey, I know what I'm doing is the right thing, because I'm serving at the master's feet. Now we always say that that's the place of discipleship or the place of learning. And sometimes even if you would stay in the place of learning, uh, you may not know that you need something, but if you stay there, you'll find out you do need it. Mm. Oh, wow, that's pretty good, eh? I like that. So Martha was making a greater provision for a guest than what was needed. In other words, she was going above and beyond what Jesus required. What? Is that possible? Yeah, we do it every day. Now, I'm almost scared to say what I want to say because I don't want to inhibit anybody. But we have these ideas that, for example, uh, we read in the Bible where Jesus said, could you not tarry for one hour? So now you're trying to pray for an hour. But you ain't got but 10 minutes of prayer. So now you got 50 minutes of you. So what do you reckon that 50 minutes is about? So you're. Serving then comes be- becomes a chore, and it becomes self-serving, and it starts to be all about you and not about the one that you're serving. And I, I liken this. Uh, oh. The one thing that everybody must understand is that if you're going to be successful at serving on any level, in any task, it requires one thing and one thing only. And most people say, well, what's that, Pastor? It is submission. You cannot serve without submission. If you are not submitted, then you can't serve in the manner that's proper for the person you're serving. If you uh, uh, prepare a nice dinner for me and, uh, and, and, and you got this, this, this nice glazed ham and, and all the trimmings and all that. And nobody asked me if I eat pork. You understand what I'm saying? Now don't, that's an example. <laughs> I'm sure you understand. <laughs> that's an example. <laughs> don't be saying to tell people, that's a don't eat pork. That's a lie. <laughs> I eat everything. Amen. I even eat that, 1 Corinthians chapter, 1 uh, Corinthians <laughs> First Corinthians chapter 7. Now this is an illustration. If you look in your Bibles, you know every, everywhere you look in, in your, your Bible, there's usually a reference to a scripture that uh, uh, talks about the scripture that we're talking about. And if you look at verse 13 in your Bible, uh, uh, I mean 13, so I'm sorry. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, and verse 39, if you look in the margins, there's probably a, a reference that says First Corinthians chapter 7. Is, is it anybody's Bible? Okay. All right. I'm dollar store Bibles now. But, <laughs> but the reason that is there is because in 1 Corinthians chapter 7, it talks about how we qualify service. And it's talking about marriage. But it's just an er, uh, excerpt there, verse 31 through 35. And I'm, I'm telling you this because I'm not going to read it. Well, I might. I might have to. Yeah. Because I know how we are. Uh, it's about who is qualified to do what and how that sets our priorities And if the priorities are off, if our priorities are off, then we're not properly serving in the kingdom. Amen. So so let's look at verse thirty one. It says, uh, and those who uh, use this world as not misusing it for uh, the form of this world is passing away. Now, just look at that. That little snippet there. And what it says is that you can't put your uh, you can't bet the farm on. Passing things the world, if 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 I am, if I am devoted to doing a certain thing, a certain a certain way. And I believe that this is the only way it can be done. And then that thing is no longer in play. I am messed up. All right. Verse 32 says, but I want you to be without care. In other words, don't don't concern yourself. He says this: uh, He who is unmarried cares for the things of the Lord. Now, the first thing you already know what your status is. You either married or you're single. Okay, all right, okay, (laughs) okay. Now, Paul, when he was writing this, let me make sure I get you to understand this. When Paul was writing this, he was categorizing women, not men, but it applies to both. Because when Paul was writing in chapter 7, he said that a woman was either a virgin, a wife, or a widow. That's that's all there were. Okay. All right. Now, he goes on to say this. If a person is unmarried and now if a person is unmarried. It does not mean that the person has never been married. That's why he used the term unmarried. Distinguished virgin, unmarried or widow. So he's using the term unmarried, which means that you're not currently married to anybody. All right. Paul slipped that in there because he was letting you know that there's some divorced people. All right. But here's what he's saying. He's saying if you're in one of those categories, you have to serve appropriately for the category. Are you following what I'm saying? So he says that if a woman is married then her attention should be on her husband. If a man is married, his attention should be on his wife. How the two of them can please one another. If the person is unmarried, their attention should be on Christ and how they can serve him. Now, wait a minute, Pastor. Are you saying that if I'm married, I can't serve the Lord? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying that the way that you serve is different. Why is that? Well, for example. In order to understand this, you'd have to go all the way back to Genesis. And you would understand that when Adam was created, even though he was created male and female and both were in him. The Bible says that when Adam was all one, his focus was on his work. He was focused on his calling. He was focused on his calling. Even though he could not complete his assignment being all one. All right. Now, I, I don't listen. I had time to teach all this this morning, but you understand that when God gave Adam his commission, he says, be fruitful, multiply. Well, he couldn't do that by himself. Amen. Adam understood that. So Adam had this longing for someone, but the idea is that while he was working, he was not consumed or concerned about the other person, only what he was called to do. Do we understand this? But when Eve came in the picture, then his attention was divided. Amen. I'm not going any further. I know y'all want me to go out there, but I ain't. But what Paul is saying here is that when you have a spouse, that's why I say. That's going to apply to either one. When you have a spouse, then you're serving, now, and, I want, and I'm, I'm trying to say it so you can get this: your serving is the result of your salvation, not in spite of your salvation. It is because you are saved that you serve as a spouse. All right. Now, don't, I know, because y'all got all these imaginary things that you want to think about. But what if my husband ain't saved? But what if my wife ain't saved? It that, that ain't sin. That, that ain't what we're talking about. We're talking about serving, and we're talking about your capacity for service. Now, if 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 we use this, let me, let me read on a little bit here. It says in verse 33, but he is who is married cares about the things of the world. Now, somebody would say, OK, wait a minute. What does that mean the world? That sounds like he's not saved. But the Bible says he's talking about the, the cosmos, the, 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 the things that distract. Or in Mary and Martha's case, the things that are a cumbrance or a hindrance to serving. Do You understand what I'm saying? I can't tell because you got mask on. If if, if come on now, look, look, if you are. Married. You focus on your marriage. If you are single, you can focus on your calling. What if I'm married with a calling? You can do that because if you're saved and your spouse is saved, then you will have an agreement as to your calling and you can serve together. But there must be an agreement. A wife does not come to her husband and say, the Lord has called me to preach. And he says, well, he ain't tell me. Vice versa. A husband can go to the wife and say, I believe the Lord has called me to preach. Well, he ain't called me. You're just on your own. So you, got, you have a problem there. But when the two are in Christ, which is why Paul says you shouldn't marry except. Then there's an agreement of service. That does not prohibit there being conflict. <laughs> and that's why that footnote is there on Mary and Martha in their service to show. That even if you are in your right state and serving accordingly, there can still be friction. Amen. So verse 34, I'm going to read this and then I'm going on because we ain't teaching this. OK, it says here there is a difference between a wife and a virgin. The unmarried woman cares about the things of the Lord that she may be both uh, be uh, holy, both in body and spirit. But she who is married cares about the things of the world that she may please her husband. That does not mean what you think it means, but I'm going to help you understand what that means. That means that uh, there's more to life than just looking at somebody's eyes and say, I love you. Because somebody got to cook, somebody gonna have to clean, somebody gonna have to cut the grass. Somebody, yeah. Well, don't single people have to think about it? Not if they don't want to. All the brothers are here. They're right. Do you understand what I'm saying? The world, you know, the grocery store, the mall, the drug store. Come on, the world. The children that have to be raised. Single people don't have to care about that. They need it. You know, I don't think I'm gonna take a bath today. If you're single, it'd be okay, huh? Because I question your service, but that's that's a that's a whole. <laughs> All right. <sighs> so here, write this in your notes. One of this, this little. First Corinthians, said, uh, status influences choices. Okay, status influences choices. All right, so let's go back to Mary and Martha again. My goodness, I probably shouldn't have gone there at all. Mm. Here's where we, we see Mary sitting at the feet Of Christ she has chosen the best part and I think I told you this last week if I did not tell you today Matthew 4 and 4 says that man shall not live by bread alone but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of Christ so what what's happening here is that Mary is choosing the bread of life Martha is preparing physical bread that will sustain natural life. Amen. We say that the most important thing is the word of God. Romans chapter one, verse 17. I think I gave you this last week said uh, that it is uh, in the righteousness of God. uh, For in it, the righteousness of God is revealed from faith to faith. Uh, just as, as it is written, the just shall live by faith. Romans 10:17 says this, that faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. And then I thought I told you last week, Hebrews chapter 11, chapter 13 says these all died in faith, not having received the, the uh, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar were assured of them, embrace them and confessed them and that they were strangers and pilgrims uh, in a a strange land. But here's what I want you to see. In order for you to understand uh, the the teachings of, of Christ, you have to be able to spend time with Christ. If you don't spend any time with his word, then you're not gonna be able to grow. And if you don't grow, then you'll never be able to serve in the capacity that you were called. This is why Christ was having a problem with what he called unnecessary service. Unnecessary service. Go back to that. Could you not tarry for one hour? Amen. When you start making up stuff. Saying the same thing over and over again. (laughs) Amen. Amen. All right. Okay. (sighs) One of the biggest problems with Christians today, especially when it comes to prayer, if you pray in public, you ought to write it down. Oh, well, all these sanctified people looking at me. "Ah, Do You mean to tell me that the Lord can't talk to you in your house at your computer. And you can't write that prayer down and come in and read that prayer. And if the Lord put something to us to find, and you won't be stumbling and bumbling and holding up church. What? No, 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 listen. And, and, and I'm going tell you where this is more evident than any place. Okay, I'm off now. Funerals. My brother so-and-so, I want you to give them the prayer of comfort. Lord, I want you to go by the house. And I want you to go by the mortuary. Talk to the family. Come on, eh? Write it down. Spare us. Now the reason, come on, y'all got too excited about that. You must know a couple of them deacons, but 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 listen. <laughs> The reason, the reason for, for criticizing unnecessary service. First Corinthians six and verse, I think it's 13. And the Bible says that food is for the belly and the belly is for food. But it said, God will destroy both of them. Is that what it said? He says, Whatever you do naturally won't survive. Here's what he was saying. Can I put paraphrase? Martha, it doesn't matter how much food you cook. When they're dead, the food won't do them any good. Mary, the word that you receive will live forever. You understand this? And this is the point that he was making is that if you receive the good part, if you receive the word of God, then you will have that for the rest of eternity. Amen. Now, let me complete this thing. I need to get on through here. Uh, Martha attempted to force Mary to, to serve Christ her way. She wanted Mary away from Jesus and in the kitchen with her. Mm. This is the biggest problem in the kingdom of God today is that there are folk who want to pull you away from what God has called you to do so you can do what they want you to do. If God has given you an assignment, that assignment is important. You can't let folks change that. And going back to 1 Corinthians chapter 7, that's why you need to understand that when you have family... You have to make hard choices. Do you understand this? If you have family, then sometimes the choice is going to have to be God or family. Wait, that shouldn't. Uh-uh. Okay, listen to me. Why is this so important? Why is this so important? Because You have to learn, if you have family, to trust God with your family. The moment you say, Well, my family is the most important thing, you better ask Joe. Oh, y'all understand? Oh, you're mad with me now, huh? Talk about my baby like that. No, it's because you love God that you want your family covered. So you do whatever's necessary to make sure that they are covered. And the only way you can do that 100% is you have to maintain your place with Christ. If you maintain your status in Christ, If you maintain that relationship, you never have to worry about your family. I've never seen the righteous forsaken or their seed begging bread. Now, either you believe or you don't. Mm. And let me tell you one more thing about that. This is why people get pulled out of church. Because of family. Seriously. Now, I've heard people say this. I don't quite understand it. And I don't want to be callous. So I'm telling you up front, I don't understand it. So it doesn't mean that I don't, you know, appreciate their feeling. I'm just saying, I don't understand. it. When somebody will say, Well, you know, my mama's in the hospital, uh, so I can't come to church. That's it. I don't understand it. Unless you're a nurse or a doctor. You think it's more powerful to sit in a room and look at a sick person than to continue serving in God and maintaining your relationship. Okay, I'm looking at you. So you think that's your reasonable service? That God can't work through your service to heal your loved one? That's, that's cool. Oh, that's just cool. Why? It may be in that service that I get a breakthrough that's going to deliver my family from some situation. But if I don't show up because I'm sitting in a room watching Lifetime, All right, let me finish this. Okay. Y'all do understand what I'm saying, though. Okay, and I'm not saying you're wrong for doing it. That's not what I'm saying. So don't go and tell anybody he don't want us to spend no time. (laughs) No, you do whatever's best for you. I'm just saying, I think that your time would be better firming up your relationship so you can get a prayer through so you can get your loved ones delivered. Okay. All right. I'm gonna have to skip all of this right here, then. Uh, hmm. Well, I'm gonna just read it, how about that? Because I, I, if, if I read it, I'm gonna talk about it. <laughs> okay, in her estimation, we're talking about Martha. What, what Mary was doing was, was uh, what, what Martha was doing was more important. She had tunnel vision, which is common, and our responsibility, uh, uh, our responsibility, our means of service is deemed to be everything to us. And we're looking at what we're doing. We assume everyone should be committed to the same Christian cause we are committed to. Uh, we're, we're committed to. If others uh, are good Christians, they would certainly live like us. And that right there is the problem. Christianity is not one size fits all. And just because you do things a certain way does not mean that's the only way. Amen. If they had it together spiritually, they would be doing what we're doing. And Martha's attitude was that, uh, hey, if if I have to work in here, you ought to be in here working with me, too. And both of them, both of them would have missed Christ. When the blind lead the blind, there's a ditch experience coming up. All right. So the question as I try to round this corner. (laughs) Why do you do what you do? Come on now. this, This is a good one. Why do you do what you do? Why do you do what you do? And this right here is what determines whether you are spiritually healthy. When you can answer that question, why do you do what you do? Because if the answer is, I do it because this is what God has called me to do, you're on good ground. And if you're on good ground, then people will be benefiting from what you're doing. If the answer is, I'm doing it because I think it's the right thing. You're going to have a problem there because right is always relative. Right changes with time, it changes with circumstances. Right changes with the day of the week and the hour of the day. So you can't hang your hat on right. Okay, look at the preacher saying I ain't right. Yep. Yep. You were a minute ago, but now, according to John chapter 12, uh, verses one and two, Mary got delivered. How do we know? I mean, Martha, here's what it says. It says, uh, 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 look at John 12, one and two, it says, then six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus, who had been dead, whom he had raised from the dead, there they made him supper and Martha served, but Lazarus was one of those who sat at the table with them. Now, here's what it says. It says that Jesus showed up with 12 disciples. And there were three family members already there. That's 15 people. And Martha was glad to cook. So she's had an epiphany. <laughs> no, when you change, it ought to be that drastic. It ought to be that you, where you were complaining before, you should be rejoicing that you have a second chance to do this. So many of us don't get a second chance. Amen. The Bible says that she had peace this time because she learned how to sit at the feet of Jesus. I can promise you that she might have been making a steak dinner in, in the first episode, but she was probably making bologna sandwiches this time. Let me fix this. Or as I like to say, a pot of beans, but y- y'all don't do that. Amen. Now, the takeaway from this is this. Most of your problems are the result of self-imposed ministry. What you talking about? Stuff that you're doing that nobody asked you to do, first of all. Huh? And now we can't stop you from doing it. Because you think you're supposed to. Amen. You make up stuff that makes you look holy. It's the truth. It it, it is the truth. And I'm not going into it because I'm not trying to point out anybody's fault. What I'm saying to you is this, is that uh, you can tell when people are are operating in what we call self-imposed ministry. This is how you know. They ain't happy. (laughs) They ain't happy. When you're doing what you're called to do, you're excited about it. Huh? You love church. The fact that you don't like what you're doing means that you don't want to be a Christian. Because it's too hard. How about this one right here? People who love what they do never complain about what they're doing. Huh? Now, I remember back in the day, I used to tell people, you know, when I was policing, I used to tell them, I do this job for free. <laughs> now I had somebody that thought differently. <laughs> but I felt that way. I was having so much fun. I said, man, I, I can do this the rest of my life. Because I loved it. This right here. This this priceless. And I can tell you, it's priceless because I ain't had a raise in about ten years. So <laughs> if anybody's listening. <laughs> no, I'm teasing. <laughs> but do you understand what I'm saying? This is priceless. Why? Because for this purpose was that bought for. And I understand that. And because I understand it, it's not a problem for me. So even when, when, when it's a problem, when, when, look, what I do is a problem for you, it still ain't a problem for me. Did, y'all didn't get that. <laughs> so if you get mad with me, I, you just mad because I ain't going to be mad. If you're looking for a partner in madness, it ain't going to be me. All right, so here's what I'm ta- Let me, let me. I, 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 oh, man, I got to do really. So here's another question for you Are you so busy doing things for Jesus that you don't spend any time with Jesus? You should never let your service become self serving. Huh? Yeah. And see, the bottom line, the takeaway is this that we all want God. And we all want to tell everybody else how to serve God. And we all want them to do it the way we think we ought to do it. And the way people look, act, think, the way they talk, dress, the, 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 the way they fix their hair or not, or, or wash their face or not, has nothing to do with what's in a person's heart. And we have to understand. That when, when, when we're serving, when we're all in this thing together, that everybody's got a part to play. I need to be concerned about my part and let you deal with your own stuff. Amen? If you've got a problem with, 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 quote, your hygiene, I think there's enough people around to tell you that, mm, you know, you do something. It's not my job to, to, to be concerned about, well, she can't do it because, or he can't do it because, that, mm-mm. All that does is cause a person not to want to be in church. Don't give a person an excuse not to be here. Huh? All right. Now, if you want to help somebody, stop focusing on your needs and focus on their needs. Amen? So finally, at last, Christ's rebuke was not aimed at Hospitality or the work that that Martha was doing. Uh, It was intended to reprove or to rebuke the busyness and the fretfulness that attempts to keep many unneeded things going and then ends up with the person worried. You know what happens when you you fail at something. Now you're depressed. Uh Uh-huh. And the next thing that comes out of your mouth is fault finding. Amen. So. Contemplation is good. You you need to be able to sit down and think about what 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 Christ is doing. Uh, Contemplation should provoke to activity, not instead of activity. And if you're working too hard, it means that your motives are wrong. And if your motives are wrong, it means that your priorities are wrong. Here's what the New Testament says, and I'm summing this up. The New Testament says that uh, man has to be a doer as well as a hearer of the word. A doer as well as a hearer of the word. Martha's choice. could always be taken away from her because the work that you do with your hands that's done for man will only last as long as you live. But the things that you do for Christ that come from your heart will last forever. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right, stand up on your feet. I got more, but I ain't gonna mess with it. I probably said too much about all y'all's stuff, been up in your neighborhood, talked about you. But the reason that we're here, the reason that we're here is because we need to understand that the priority of the kingdom is the primary thing for the Christian. What is it? What is it God wants us to do? And what order does he want us to do it? Uh, as, as my wife likes to say, you need a good foundation. And what's, what's missing in most saints life is that they don't have the ABCs in place. That's why they can't form words. And that's why they can't read because they don't have the ABCs or the foundation in proper place. And the Bible is very clear that the ABCs we always says, uh, admit, believe, confess. And if we don't have those things in place beforehand, then we can never function in a kingdom kingdom assignment. And so many of us believe that we're called to do something, but we're not prepared for the something that we're called. And I don't mean that we're not prepared because we're not smart enough uh, academically trained. I mean that we're not spiritually prepared for what God has called us to do. Because the first thing we have to do uh, in order to be right with Christ is admit that we have been wrong. We have to admit that we made some mistakes. Uh, you have to understand that that sometimes your priorities are not his. Amen. That's why I believe that that, that Paul would have us to read that little section of 1 Corinthians 7, because you he, he need to understand that if, if you are, a, a quote, a, a single person and you are serving the Lord, you have no hindrances. You understand know what I'm saying? You can wake up at four o'clock in the morning and have a Bible study all by yourself. Huh? Go back to sleep and then still go get up and go to work. You can do that, amen? If you're a married person, you may not be able to do that. Now, now, wait a minute. Now, listen, does that mean that you can't get up at seven and have a Bible study and study the same word and have the same effectiveness? But you have to set priorities. It changes. And if you if if, if your understanding of who Christ is and who God is, it changes everything about who you are. So therefore, what we're saying to you is that set some priorities in your life. Understand what's important. Faith comes by hearing, not by doing. Do you understand that? So I need to hear, I need to hear. I need to hear from heaven. I need to hear from man. I need to hear. And then when I hear it, I need to submit to what I've heard. I can't just hear it and move on. No, I've got to practice it. What does that mean? That means that when I submit to it, that shows God my obedience. And once I submit to it, the Bible says, then I can do it. When I can do it, and here's the key right here, you always have to have some experience before you can go out and give people instructions. You know, the worst thing you can do is give people instructions and then say, oh, I didn't know about this part. Let me tell you about this part because now you've messed them up because they know you don't know And if you didn't know the first time, you probably don't know this time. And I don't think I'm gonna listen to you next time. So you have to have some experience. You have to walk with Christ a little bit before you start talking about Christ. And when you walk with him a little bit, you'll be able to say, hey, now I can tell you, I know this, I understand this, amen? So I'm saying to you that in order to have the right priorities, You gotta start at the right place. You gotta start at the right place. Mary started doing the simple thing. What did she do? She sat and listened. How much, I wanted to say intelligence, I don't wanna use that word. How much energy does it take to just sit and listen? And how many of us can't do that? Can't do that. And why you I know you can't because listen even even in church most of you are talking when I'm talking now I can promise you you can't talk and listen at the same time I know you think you can but you can't so we' we'll, how how much energy does it take just to sit and listen to be able to to take a thought and process it and be able to do something with it so let that be our first priority. You want to push away some of the competing noise and start to listen for real, for real. Listen, what does the Lord say? What is the Lord saying? Amen. And once you start to hear, you know your life will change, right? It will change. I know it will change because I've been there. And the more that I I spend time with him, the more I can hear what he wants me to say or do, because I spent that time with him, amen. I tell y'all all all the time, when I'm sitting around the house and I'm studying, I'd be talking to myself, y'all, I don't care about people thinking I'm crazy. (laughs) Seriously. I would just be having a good old time. Man, that, that, that right there is good. Hey, I mean, I hadn't seen that before. Wow. Yes, and i be talking out loud because I'm excited. Yes. Yes. Okay. But I'm talking enough. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for you. Now, we're getting ready to do communion, so I'm going to pray for you before we do communion simply because the Bible teaches us that before we do communion, there must be a time of introspection or self-examination. You have to come to the place where you make sure that you've emptied out everything that's a hindrance in your life. People have a tendency to always hold something back because whatever reason we think God can't see it, but he can. So we're gonna give you a chance to release it right now, whatever it is. This is your moment of introspection. Search your soul. If there's something there that does not represent the kingdom of God, what should I be looking for? This is what he said in John 3, 16. For God, that means I acknowledge that he is the head. So love, that's the next thing I understand. Because scripture says God is love. The Bible says that he loved the world. So that tells me that even when I was unlovely, he still loved me. The Bible says that he gave. If I love and he loves me, then it's just natural that I give. Amen? You have to share what you have. He says that he gave his only begotten son. That would be Jesus. And The Bible says that, that whoever would believe on him would never perish now we have to believe today that Jesus has the answer for every situation every circumstance if I believe God come on if I believe that he loves me enough to give his very best for me then the Bible says that I would have eternal life that's your foundation But you gotta admit that this morning before you can take the next step. So I'm gonna give you just a moment. Just give you just a moment. Mm. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Now, I just wanna pray for you. Lord God, I thank you and I praise you for hearing your word today. I repent of every wrong choice in my life. I repent of every sin of pride, Father. I ask you to forgive me, cleanse me, restore me. Use me for your glory. Doing your will is my highest priority I want to do what you've called me to do and above all else Father I submit myself to you today to be used by you today to do what you've called me to do today and God I thank you for these things in Jesus name.